welcome to the Parker J. Cole Show. I am your host, the Queen Parker J. Thank you so much for joining me. Today, we are going to be talking to my guest, Steve Ackerson, and his devotional, Joy That Renews. It's a devotion from Psalms that refreshes your life every day. Make sure you get your copy of this wonderful devotion on Amazon.com or wherever books are sold. If you are looking for renewal, if you are looking for peace, if you are looking for redemption, restoration, this is the devotional for you. I can't wait to tell you more about it in just a few moments. We want to thank our Patreon team for their support. We have been showcasing Christian authors worldwide for the past nine years, and as God gives us grace, we'll continue to do so. To find out how you can help out, simply go to patreon.com slash write stuff and see what you can do. And as always, we covet your prayers. To stay up to date with PJC Media, simply go to pjcmedia.net, click on that pink follow button, and you'll never, ever have to miss a show. So without further ado, I'm going to bring my guest on. Steve, how you doing? Wonderful, Parker. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. This has been a long time coming, and I got to let our listeners know, Steve and I connected on Goodreads. We are both in a Christian authors group, and they were looking for people to swap books and do nice things with it. And I was really interested in what he had to say after he connected with me. So although it's been a long time coming, it is finally here. So I'm so excited to have you. My mom always says, Time waits for no one, so whatever you're going to do, do it now. (laughs) So definitely glad to have you. Looking forward to getting to know more about you, as well as giving our listeners an opportunity to read Joy That Renews, a devotional from Psalms to refresh your life every day. So Steve, go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, thanks, Parker. I am a father and a husband for 40 plus years now living with my wife, and uh, we have, and finally now, we have uh, three grandchildren, and perhaps looking forward to more in the future. We have a daughter who's going to get married sometime soon, specific date yet, but uh, then that'll be uh, three daughters and uh, three uh, three, um, sons-in-law, and I tell you, the sons-in-law I have so far are so wonderful, and I'm so looking forward to the third one being added. I am a professional. By, by profession, I am a market research person. I help my clients make better decisions by giving them news from the front, I call it, so that they understand exactly what their customers think of them and their competitors and their products, et cetera. And I'm also a, uh, one of the prayer ministers at our church and uh, love doing that. It's just a blessing every day. If you were to give one piece of advice to authors about marketing, what would you tell them? Understand Amazon. And I did not do a good job of that up front. My book was launched on Amazon before I even knew it. I was getting calls from people saying, hey, I see your book on Amazon. And I (laughs) didn't even know it was going to be on there yet. So get to know Amazon real well. They're big. They're kind of hard to understand. They're kind of hard to work with sometimes. But uh, if you're going to have a book on, in the marketplace and you want to let other people know about it, you really cannot survive without them. And I'd also say, just trust in the Lord with all your heart. And, you know, my goal in this book that is published now is to get it to people in any way, shape, or form, because I believe that it can really bless their lives. And I want 
to be able to do that as a kind of a legacy type thing and kind of just bringing joy to me to know that the feedback I'm getting from other people says, wow, I couldn't wait to read the next chapter as well. So that's a number one. Worry about Amazon number two. Get with the Lord right and do what he wants you to do. You'll be in great shape. It says, morning by morning, new mercies I see. And it gets ever new, ever refreshing to us. So, yeah, definitely love that. And, of course, I'm just going to give a quick plug for your ministry where you serve as a board member for Global Avenue Ministries and is dedicated to freeing and enabling women from sexual slavery in South Asia. Tell us a little bit about that. Yes, it was formed by my good friend uh, Dewey Weatherby and his wife Carolyn. They were missionaries in India for a long uh, India for a long time, and upon leaving the field, they didn't want to leave the field, so they decided that they were going to uh, buy goods from firms that employed women that had been set free from sexual slavery and trafficking. So they formed tight relationships with 10, 12, maybe up to 15 vendors. So they buy things from these vendors on buying trips that they go over there and then come back here in the United States and have uh, home parties to sell those goods to uh, people who are just interested because they're, they're neat stuff. They're very high-end things, jewelry and clothing and other items. But the, the good thing is that every penny that they make through this ministry that they have is invested back into the ministries that they're buying things from. So it's really making a difference in people's lives and vastly needed difference to tough place, India. A lot of places are, but they are actually setting people, helping set people free, which is freedom. The Lord said for, the Bible says that for freedom, Christ set us free. So freedom for its own sake was important enough that he, he gave it to us which is really a telling thing. He really values our freedom and women who are trapped and have basically very few options to get out of that are close to his heart. I got to know it. And so what, what Global Apple Ministries is doing is really helpful to that group. I'm so glad you mentioned the ministry. It reminded me of my church and we had a missionary event where all the missionaries we support came to church and one of the gentlemen was from India and he talked about a young girl who had been rescued and they asked her what did she love about herself and she couldn't think of anything because every part of her body had been used and you know what she said I know what I love about myself I love my heart because no one can take my heart from me and they showed a picture of her showing her heart her hands shaped in the form of her heart over her heart. And it was very moving. And no matter the awareness that we have of human trafficking, it is on the rise. So it doesn't matter that we know more about it. Maybe it's on the rise because we do know more about it and people are trying to fight against these things. So we definitely want to pray for those caught in sexual slavery, whether here in the U.S. or abroad, for sure. You may hear these things and you may start suddenly go like, oh my gosh, that is so depressing. But let's use that as a segue to the first part of this wonderful devotional that I want to tell you about. Before I do that, go ahead and give us the genesis of this idea. I kind of call myself an accidental author. The uh, book came out of a small group Bible study that I was in 
we choose different chapters or books in the Bible to study, and we, we chose Psalms. And there's 150 of them. So we meet once a week. So we know it was going to take a long time to get through 150 chapters. We missed times. And so we decided to study two chapters a week. So we get our, we're by ourselves, we prepare our notes, and we get together to talk. And that went fine for about 10 weeks. But after about 10 weeks and 20 chapters, I said to myself, wow, these are all kind of merging into each other. And I don't know if I'm going to be able to get through this for 150 chapters. So the Lord gave me an idea. He said, okay, that's your, your place right now. Why don't you start all over? Pick one verse out of each chapter and write about that. So you'll have focus on that one verse. I said, wow, okay, I'll try that. But you have to tell me what verse you want me to pick. So I'd started in chapter one. I read the chapter and I was looking for the Lord to point out some verse to me that was caught my eye or caught my heart. Maybe it was wording or maybe it was the topic or uh, just something that was close to me in my situation, in my life that I've led. And boy, was he faithful. Picked out those verses out of those 150 chapters, I'd say 95% plus. I didn't have to start over. I just picked the verse and that's the one I ended up writing about. And the difference that made, that focus on one verse in a chapter, made just a huge difference to me. I went from wondering if I was going to be able to finish these to waking up each morning excited to can't wait to get to the next chapter because it was so beautiful. The Lord spoke to me so personally, so richly, and so clearly that I've never experienced anything like that before. So it went from a wow to a wow. <laughs> I'm really being blessed here. So when I got done with our small group Bible study, and I was looking at my notes, and I say, wow, I'm sad. I don't want to be done. So I said, well, I'll type up my notes and put them into a format. So I did that. Took some time. Enabled me to stay in the Psalms more. And then I got done with that, and I said, I'm still not satisfied. And at that point, when the Bible study is all done, and I've the uh, notes are all taken and typed up. The idea came to me that, wow, hey, Steve, that this book has been such a blessing to you. Maybe it could help other people, too. So why don't you explore making it into a book? And I had a friend at my church who is an author, and she said, well, you've got two roads you can go down. You can go self-publishing or you can go traditional publishing. And I chose to go traditional publishing, which means I had to find a, an agent. Then that agent would... Uh, bring my book around to different publishers. So that worked out just great. And that happened. And lo and behold, here I was an author <laughs> without intending to do it, but uh, being very blessed, just hugely blessed by spending time diving into one verse in each of these 150 chapters. Clarity that you can get from that was amazing to me. I love the beginning of your story because it lets us know if we allow ourselves to be used by the Lord, if we say, Lord, use me how you see fit, he will take what we give him, which may not be much, and he will expand it exponentially. This book, Joy That Renews, it really is a renewal. It really is something, as I was reading the various devotionals at different times throughout year because we had time to plan for this particular episode, I was just blessed by what I needed to see and hear at the time I needed. 
I don't think you have to go straight through the devotional. I think you can pull out whatever the title that really is speaking to you at that moment. You can do that. But it's obviously best enjoyed if you go through them because you're going to go to the Psalms then and see what, what else is going on. But we'll get to that in a moment. Don't read it to get done. Read uh, one page at a time and let that verse and what that verse says to you and what the Lord says to you about that verse make a difference in your heart and your mind because it will. And you will find yourself changed and uplifted and renewed and uh, invigorated by what the Psalms, as Parker said, written 2,000 plus years ago, say accurately to our lives today. Before we delve into the joy that renews, I want to hear the major theme that you discover while you're writing this book. Sure. I would say the major theme is uh, God's goodness. When you, spend, when you get to spend a good half of a year plus in-depth looking at each individual verses, some things stand out, and God's goodness stood out to me just incredibly. First of all, you know, God's goodness is foundational. It's the bedrock of everything. You know, he, there's a verse in Hebrews that says that without faith, it's impossible to please him. For those who come to God must believe that he exists. And he proves to be the one who rewards those who earnestly seek him. And those rewards are his goodness, his mercy, his grace. So it's foundational. It's kind of like it's on high beam all the time. It never diminishes. It never takes breaks. God's goodness never wavers. It's unstoppable. Um, nothing can quench the goodness of God. Nothing can get between me and God's goodness. And he will never withhold anything good from me. It's complete. It covers every area of my life. It's growing as we grow. And it's also unique and personal. It's different for me probably than it would be for you. But that's good because we're individuals. It's very experiential. It's tough and it's sweet and sometimes it's gritty and sometimes it ain't pretty. It's not a theory. It's a real life thing. It's free, graciously given to us by the Lord, and it's also transformative. We have a saying in our church that goes like, God is good all the time, and then people say back, all the time, God is good. And I used to say that, too, because it was kind of expected (laughs) that you were going to participate. But I have come to believe that God's goodness is so true, so powerful, and so enriching. So if there was one theme that I got out of 150 different verses, and if I, if you challenged me to open my book to any individual chapter, I bet I'd find an indication of God's goodness in that verse. So that made a huge difference in my life. I resonate with what you said. I think the more you get to know him, the sweeter he grows, as the song says. But also when you realize what the Lord has done for you, that Everything he does for you, he doesn't have to do. He is not obligated to bless you. I was thinking of this year, I traveled all the way from Colorado back home. And there are people who wanted to go to the store and never came back. And that's the goodness of God that we serve. I agree with you, Steve. We do love that one part in church where you say, God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. Sometimes that phrase becomes cliche and we become inured to its power until we begin to reflect. And just a quick thing, I had a pastor at our church some years ago say that an atheist in the ancient world did not mean someone who did not believe in God. It was someone who did not remember what God had done for them. 
When you hear something like that, what are your thoughts? Well, everybody comes to Jesus from a different perspective. Some people are really hurt, and some people have been, people have been taught, and some people have been deceived. My bigger thought on that is my job with people, whether they're atheists, agnostics, or semi-believers, or great believers, is to learn how to love better. I, better than having a nice little testimony to share, or a chunk of verses to share, what draws people to the Lord is love, His love, the way His eyes look at them, the way His talk resonates with them. So what I want to do is learn how to love people better. And then I don't need to worry about what I say. God will take care of that. I love the way you said it. And I'm so glad that the Lord used me to just have you bring that out, just to love better. And one pastor, I know he did say, we need to learn to listen and love because people do come to Jesus with many different issues. And guess what? He meets us there where he is. And so in this book, Joy That Renews, is a devotional of the Psalms, and it focuses on one verse of each psalm, but this book is going to make you want to go through psalms, read it for yourself, get the richness of these praises and these laments and so much more. There's so much going on here. We're only going to touch on a few, but believe me, you've got 150 more (laughs) to go through. And like Steve said, don't rush it. Let the Spirit use you. Let Him invigorate you. Let Him even chastise you. Let Him renew you. So we're going to go ahead and delve into this. Now, we were talking earlier in the broadcast about the human trafficking situation that you're part of ministry of. And that brought me to the first one I wanted to discuss. The first one is basically called Shame Destroyed. And the verse that we concentrated on was from Psalms 3, verse 3. Those of you who know me, I say this all the time. I like the lyrical prose of KJV. I am not a KJV owner. Just want to put that out there. So Psalms 3, 3 says, But thou, O Lord, art a shield for me, my glory, and the lifter up of mine head. And in Steve's book, he says it in a different version. But in the depths of my heart, I truly know that you, Yahweh, have become my shield. You take me and surround me with yourself. Your glory covers me continually. You lift high my head when I bow low in shame. And this particular devotional is shame destroyed. With Jesus, you will live without shame. Before I let you go into the main themes of this particular devotion, I got to say, I love your wording here. It's not that you can live without shame. You will live without shame. Go ahead and expand on that for us. Yeah, shame is a tough animal. It's a hard thing to work your way out of. I have learned that in my own life, being trapped in shame. And being in that position can really take away from your life. It doesn't have to. You know, the Lord is our protector. I am not my own protector. Jesus can shield me from the foes that I have, the bad habits I have, maybe the addictions I have even get me out of them. There's another verse in Psalms that he says, the Lord has a thousand ways to set you free. He is so, so eager for us to live in freedom. So he says that he's going to lift my head high when I bow low in shame. And the Lord doesn't want us to live in shame. He wants us to be free from that. He wants us to live in peace and mercy and grace and uh, not in shame. 
So if that's your story, if you're living in shame, my advice to you is practice repentance and use your spiritual authority to remove the spirit of shame, the evil spirit of shame from you and ask that then be filled with the Holy Spirit again and practice those few individual steps and you will see that the Lord will set you free from your shame. Here's another good thing to remember. You know, the Lord, when we're in shame, it means we're hanging on to our sin. We're trying to do something with it ourselves. But the Lord would say to you, hey, stop that. I bought those sins from you. I paid a great price for them. So stop trying to manage them yourself. Give them to me. Don't be trapped in trying to do this yourself. I have paid for your sins. Give them to me, and then I will bless your life. Shame is a tough one. But it's overcomable. You can win against shame. The Lord wants you to win against shame. It's easier for some people to believe that their shame can go away when it's from an external source. But when we are the perpetrators of our own downfalls, it is a bit harder. I love how you said when we have shame, it's because we're trying to hold on to it. Now, the Lord convicts us, yes, but it's the devil who shames us. He's the one that wants us to continually live in that moment as if that moment is a defining moment of our life, and it doesn't have to be. So I'm really, really glad that you brought that out. In the next devotional, we're going to talk about Twinkling Eye, and your subtitle is God is Your Guard. He is always on your side, and that's taken from Psalm 17, verse 8, and it reads, Keep me as the apple of the eye. Hide me under the shadow of thy wings. And the verse, as you pull from your version, says, Protect me from harm. Keep an eye on me like you would a child reflected in the twinkling of your eye. Yes, hide me within the shelter of your embrace, under your outstretched wings. Go ahead and expand on that for us. Yeah, that was. this is such a neat thought that the Lord's eyes twinkle when he sees us. Because you know what? If you're a parent or a grandparent, when your eyes twinkle, you're delighted in your child or your grandchild. You just can't wait for them to know how much you love them. And that's what I see in Jesus here, that he can't wait for us to experience the depth of his love. His eyes twinkle when he thinks of us. He's delighted when he thinks of us. He's full of his thoughts of us are full of hope and assurance and victory and future. And those are fantastic thoughts, and they address right directly the, the verse we talked about was a shame. God doesn't look at us with shame. He looks at us with twinkling of his eye. It's a joy to be his child and to experience his grace and his mercy. I love it. To that, I have to think about my parents, and my parents love me to death. I am very well aware of that. But let me tell you something about grandparents. Grandparents are a totally different animal than parents because the things that you couldn't get away with as a child, as a grandparent, grandkids could do all sorts of things and they have the patience of Job. They have the serenity of somebody else. With grandparents, as for me, my grandmother, I loved her very dearly. She passed away around this time last year and We loved her and she loved us and we knew we were the apple of her eye. We knew that. And she used to always tell us, I know you love me because you showed me. And she knew we loved her because we showed her. So yeah, 
I like how this verse really just helps and underpins the first verse we just talked about, which is about how you can live or you will live without shame in Jesus Christ. So the next part we're going to go to is another part of the devotion here, and that is greatness of friends. Be happy for your friends who walk with Jesus. Pray for them. And this is from Psalms 35, and it says, Let them shout for joy and be glad that favor my righteous cause. Yea, let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified, which hath pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. And the way it reads in the devotional is, But let all of my true friends shout for joy. All those who know and love what I do for you, let them all say the Lord is great and he delights in the prosperity of his servant. Go ahead and just open that up for us some more. I think one of the gifts in my life, and my wife would agree with this, is our friends will hang with us, will deal with us in our shortcomings, will help us in those, will pray for us, will encourage us, and just be good friends with us. One of the biggest lies that is being taught today, actually taught, is that God is distant from you or God is angry with you when nothing could be further from the truth. Don't believe that for a minute. Your God is one of your best friends and that he takes great joy and is delighted to bring goodness into your life. I always think when I hear, when I see this verse, I always think, what can I do for my friends to lighten up their life today? Can I send them a note? Can I give them a call? It doesn't need to be a big thing. It can be just a little thing, but I treasure my friends. And the best thing you can have in your life is good friends. So if you don't have a good friend, find somebody in your church or whoever, a close neighbor or something like that, and get to know them. Ask them questions about themselves. Show interest in them. Love on them. And pretty soon you'll have a good friend. And God did not make us for isolation. He made us for community. I was listening to a prominent conservative commentator recently state that there are so many young men who are alienated and isolated. They are looking for someone to not necessarily validate them, but to be friendly towards them. And the Bible says as much as you can, as much as it's within you, live peaceably with all men. He who wants friends has to show himself friendly. I'm messing up the verse. I'm paraphrasing it right now, but it says something like that. To be mindful of that. We often say God is our God. He's our king, but he is also our friend. He's our father. And these personal relationships that we see reflected in each other are attributes of the living God. The next one we're going to go to is one called Delighted by Restoration. The Lord always wants to restore you to him. He waits eagerly for you. And in Psalms 51 and 17, it says, The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. O God, thou wilt not despise. And the way you say it is, the fountain of your pleasure is found in the sacrifice of my shattered heart before you. You will not despise my tenderness as I humbly bow at your feet. This one is pretty powerful because we can walk away from God for many different reasons, but he is all about restoration. Go ahead and expand on that. Yeah, this was written by David after he had his experience with Bathsheba and his total 
betrayal of the Lord in that and betrayal of himself and betrayal of Bathsheba. And uh, he was shattered. And first he tried to hide it, wasn't going to admit it to anybody, but then somebody called him out and he had to face his sin face to face. And that happens to us too. Maybe we don't need a friend to point it out. The Lord points it out to us. He points out sin in our lives to bring us to repentance, not to guilt us, not to shame us. You only end up hurting yourself if you don't practice being a repenter. That's another theme in the book is be a repenter. Be quick to admit to the Lord when you make a mistake or when you are caught in maybe even a deliberate sin. You can't keep sinning and live the kind of life you want to live. You want to live in freedom. And being a repenter will teach you how to live in freedom. It's kind of like the story of the father who had two sons, and one of them insulted his father deeply by saying, give me all my money now, and I want to go off. The father gave him the money. He was merciful to him. He went off. And the son ended up in all sorts of trouble, as we know, and finally said, I got to go home because at least if I could just be a, somebody who works on that my fa- father's place, I can at least have food to eat. And the father is looking for him. And he sees him from far off, and the father runs to the son and welcomes him back into the family. I think that story is more about the father than it is about the son, because that's a view of the Lord. He is looking for us to come back, and he is so eager to put his arms around us and to welcome us back into the family and not to shame us, not to guilt us, but to pick up our lives from that point on and go forward. That's why I like that particular story, parable that Jesus taught. And uh, no matter the greatness of our sins, the Lord's sacrifice covers them. The last devotional we're going to just delve into is the one that really just brings all of our conversation together, and it's overflowing love. God's love is very real. It will sustain you. Learn to quietly rest in it and soak. And in Psalms 103.8, it says, Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and plenteous in mercy. And then the way it reads in the devotional, Lord, you're so kind and tenderhearted to those who don't deserve it and so patient with the people who fail you. Your love is like a flooding river overflowing its banks with kindness. Go ahead and just bring it all together for us, Steve. Yeah, this verse talks to me, first off, of worship and praise of the Lord. You know, we are his worshipers, and our lives can become joy generators as we learn to praise and worship the Lord. You know, we have been undeserving of the Lord's kindness and patience, but don't let that get you down. Don't let that worry you. Instead, rejoice that the Lord has paid in full price for your redemption. His over-the-top kindness and tenderness and patience just abound to you. His mercy covers you completely in his grace. His his overflowing love, as I kind of think of it as a river that's overflowing its banks. You can't contain it. You can't channel it just the way you want to go. It's going to be bigger than you ever thought it could be. We've given the Lord reasons to be angry with us but he doesn't. His cup of kindness, I think of it, never runs out, never is empty. It's unmeasurable. There's no king like the King Jesus, our King Jesus. He's beyond what I can imagine or dream. And I always thank him. I thank you, Lord, for the unimaginable love and kindness that you give to me. Thank you so much for that, Lord Jesus. I will rest in it, and I will boast of it in you, Jesus. 
this show is being played during the month of November where we celebrate the holiday of Thanksgiving, I just have to end with a passage of scripture that's very familiar. And when you get your copy of Joy That Renews on Amazon.com or wherever books are sold, you're going to see the verse that Steve took to concentrate on. But before you get to verse five, it says, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Let Israel now say that his mercy endures forever. Let the house of Aaron now say that his mercy endureth forever. Let them now that fear the Lord say that his mercy endureth forever. And then the verse that Steve focuses on is, I called upon the Lord in distress. The Lord answered me and set me in a large place. We're just going to leave you with that tantalizing part because in this devotional, he says, out of the deep anguish and pain, I prayed. And you, God, you helped me as a father. You came to my rescue and broke open the way into a beautiful and broad place. And the subtext is, you have authority. You can be free from anything that has captured you. Learn to use God's authority. And that is something to be thankful for. We're not going to go into it because I know when you pick up your copy of Joy That Renews, which is a devotional that goes through the book of Psalms, you will be renewed. And there's more in-depth, insightful devotionals that is going to not just renew you, but help you. Are you struggling with something? Are you dealing with shame? Do you feel all alone? The Psalms has just about every human emotion that we have. Is that why you think the Psalms are so enduring and so lasting, even though they were written thousands of years ago? I think so. And I think it's also because it's like there are 150 short stories and they have a theme in the, each chapter, but the theme from chapter to chapter might be different. But overall, the theme of God's goodness, his faithfulness, his steadfast love for us, his desire for us to live in freedom, those themes come through all over, all over the, the uh, every chapter that you're going to read, every verse that you're going to pick out. You might not pick out the same verse I picked out after you read the book. That's great. Pick out your own verse. And hear the Lord speaking to you. It's going to, it's going to renew your life. It's going to rejuvenate you. It's going to bring you joy. Joy that renews a devotional from Psalms to refresh your life, not once a month, not couple times a year, every day. And this book has gotten rave reviews, as you'll see when you order your copy. So make sure you love my brother and get your copy of Joy That Renews, a devotional from Psalms to refresh your life every day today. Now, Steve, I'm going to go ahead and mute myself, and I want you to go ahead and close us out by praying for us. Lord Jesus, I thank you so much for your voice that speaks so clearly to us and rings so true to us that we can't avoid it. Thank you that your word speaks through your words in the Bible, and your word also speaks through the voice that you talk to our heart, and your word is full of love. And uh, Lord, if there's one thing that we can do, it's we can learn how to love better and reflect you. You told us to love you and love our neighbors as ourselves, the two most important things. Thank you that that can be true of our lives, and we can live 
in great freedom and joy. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for that wonderful prayer, Steve, and thank you for our listeners for joining us today for the Parker J. Cole Show. I know you have been blessed and helped by Steve and his wonderful devotional. Make sure you love on my brother and get your copy today. And then go ahead and share it with your small group at your church. Share it with your Bible study, men's study, women's study. It's for everybody, even kids' study. Let the kids know what they can gain from reading the Word of God. Go ahead, get copies of this book, and renew your life every day. Thank you so much for joining me for this edition of the Parker J. Cole Show. You have a wonderful, absolutely glorious, blessed day, and God bless.